Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I'm insulted she called me unbalanced. Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't about me. Just checking. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports Domestics Micro Brews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies. Yes. Oh, and again, the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Let's go to the hate hotline and bring in the CEO of the Bitterness Cafe. Is he there today? I think he quit. Can you blame him? All right. Uh, we have Rich Scarcell on the show today. It is Blue White Weekend. And it is the kind of weekend that uh, that you have so many cultures that come together. And I'm talking about sports cultures that come together. You have, obviously, the football culture that comes in. You have, you know, and they're here to, you know, see the team, evaluate the team, come up with their own, you know, evaluation of what they think to this point. And, uh... And, again, I'm not going to be one that's going to sit here and go, oh, that's way off. No, we're not going to do that. You want to know why? Because it's the only time you get the chance to see him in the spring. So your impressions are always going to be of the blue-white game. That's great. That's part of it. And people have fun with that. But there's also the recruiting culture. Did you just join us out of nowhere? You okay there? Uh, And 
the recruiting culture, there's going to be as many as 200 recruits with their families in Beaver Stadium. You know, from various years, obviously. 24, 25, 26, maybe even 27. But about 200 of them. And you're going to have the recruiting culture out there zeroed in on all of them. <laughs> what are you doing, hitting the microphone now? <laughs> My mic wasn't working for whatever reason, but I'm hitting all these sorts of buttons, and for whatever reason, the XLR cable wasn't plugged in. So now we're good. <laughs> you become scary. I don't know who messes with these things. I don't, so I don't have to mess with any of it. But well, we're good now. Before I get back to my part, we might as well get to the part like you know that makes the show hum, and that is your personal take, normally very negative, on sports. <laughs> well, I knew you would like this, plus it fits with our early NBA theme with Kate coming up here in a second. So... The Mavs have apparently heard us because they find they were fined 750k by the NBA today for resting players in the in the game last week that eliminated them from playoff contention. So I applaud the NBA, but at the same time, I think they can do more and like you said, they should have fined them the draft pick and made them pick last. Well, you want to know why they can't find them the draft pick? Because if it ends up being a top 10 pick, it goes to the Knicks. So they can't do it. After further research on my part. Ah, okay. It's part of the Chris Stapps Porzingis trade. Okay. So if it ends up on the ping pong ball of being a top 10, uh, then the Knicks actually get it. So Got it. that's the reason why. Okay. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk with Kate in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. out of auto repair. Okay, there's a band circling a Fogden airport. All right, let's uh, bring in the outstanding Kate Scott. Kate, uh, congratulations to you on another great season on your part along with Ala. Thanks for joining us today. 
Oh, it's great to be on with you, Stephen. Thanks for playing that song. I've already uh, listened to it three or four times today. I'm getting in the mood for tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, do you feel like you just witnessed an MVP season? Uh, no doubt about it, especially after witnessing what I thought was an MVP season last year and then seeing him get even better and more dominant this season and pay that much more attention to detail when it came to this, the defensive end, um, and then towards the end of the season, March and April, when he was just ripping off 30 and 10 games day after day after day. And oh, by the way, was also swatting three shots a game for like six of that 10 game stretch. I just thought to myself, if this guy doesn't win the MVP, then we should just stop giving out the award because this guy is the MVP of the NBA this year. So I'm hoping, right. fingers crossed, that uh, in a couple of weeks, that'll be the, the name that we hear announced. What do you think of of Harden and how he has adapted to a role where he's got a guy like Embiid out there with him? Uh, I don't think we're talking about it enough. Uh, For a guy who's won multiple scoring titles to come to a new spot, be paired with a fellow superstar, realize how good that superstar is and not try to compete with it, but instead try to mold his game around it and try to make them the most dynamic duo and thus the best team that can exist as a result. I, I truly don't think we're talking about it enough this season. And I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping that James, for himself and obviously for the team as well, but, but for himself, I hope he has a great postseason so that he can once and for all put to bed all the conversation about, yeah, he's a great individual player, but um, because He's been sensational when it comes to team this season, and I really hope that he's able to continue that in the postseason and show everybody just what an an amazing basketball player he is. I'm going to use an extremely old-time reference, but (laughs) what he has done this season with his game reminds me of when Oscar Robertson checked his game in at the door when he joined Kareem with the Bucs and they won Mm -hmm. the championship. Mm. Yeah, but I'm sure a lot of your listeners know exactly what you're talking about and are nodding their heads because you and I know, uh, and this spans across sport, it doesn't just relate to basketball. It is one thing to know what you need to do, but it is another thing, especially as a superstar who is surrounded by people who are saying, you're the dude, you're the dude. It is It is so much harder to actually make those sacrifices and compromises, even, even with the knowledge that it could lead to team success because we're in such a me, me, me place in our society right now. Um, so what James has done this season has, has really stood out to me. Um, his teammates have... It hasn't. <laughs> uh, they haven't missed it. They they are paying close attention to what he has done to help raise this team up. And since he came back from injury in December, Steve, they were twelve and twelve, and everybody was yep. freaking out because because yep. the Union and and the Phillies and the, and the Eagles and everybody was having such great seasons. It was what the heck is going on with the Sixers? But since since they were twelve and twelve, James came back from his foot injury. Uh, in early December, they they finished the season with the best record from that point on in the NBA, and that's in large part due to number one James Harden. If for a team to advance in the NBA playoffs, obviously the two big guys always have to play well, but there has yeah. to always be, in my opinion, a third that steps in, and it doesn't have to be the same person every time, but a third among the quote others has to do that. 
Do you yeah. see signs of that, of multiple options that can be a third on a given night? I do, and it's so funny you bring that up because I was at practice this morning over in Camden talking to a couple of the, the behind-the-scenes staffers, and that that was what we were talking about. We were saying, man, I just just have a feeling Tobias is going to have a game, just just getting an inkling that George is going to go off for you know four or five threes in one of these contests. Just just know from what he's done in the postseason in the past that P.J. Tucker at some point is going to have some huge offensive rebound. It's going to lead to a, a, either an Embiid or a Harden bucket. And then the next trip down the floor, he's going to drain one of those corner threes, and that's going to be it. Um, I think DeAnthony Melton is going to do something special. I think Tyrese Maxey, who has you know, kind of uh, searched around when it comes to the postseason, his first couple of years in the league, I think that he's going to have one of those Tyrese games that has caught everybody's attention, not just in South Philly, but in the NBA the last couple of years. So, again, uh, looking back to where where the team was and what I felt like going into the postseason in my first year last year, uh, and now coming into this postseason in year two, uh, it's interesting to – I was so hopeful last year, but now in retrospect I knew that it was mostly just hope because the team didn't have enough depth, you know, like Niang's mm-hmm. knee wasn't right, Danny Green was was doing as, as best he could, but, you know, he was getting up there in years, and then it was kind of, okay, what else? But there is so many options for that other guy this year. I didn't even mention Jalen McDaniels, who they took yeah. up at the trade deadline and who is – I, I can tell you, this is his first postseason. He played with Charlotte his first four years in the league. How exciting is that if you're a player who gets flipped at the deadline and now you're on a team that really has a shot? So I know he's really excited. Um, so, yeah, the depth is real. And now, as you said, it's just up to are those guys able to perform when, when they get the ball? When the net season began, it was Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, hey, hope for Ben Simmons. Oh, for three on that one. But what has made them? <laughs> what has made them a number six seed in all of this that makes them dangerous as a six? Oh yeah, it's wild, isn't it? So I I have boards as you know because I know you call games too. For for every game that I call, and it's so funny. It's like two different teams. We saw one team in the first two matchups of the season. Saw a completely different team. Really, the only one we can use is the one a couple of days after the trade deadline. Bridges. Uh, and Cam Johnson's first games as members of the Brooklyn Nets, and then we kind of throw away the game last Sunday because it was a G League showcase. Um, but I think it starts <laughs> at the top. Uh, I think Joss Vaughn, uh, and it was a, a really fun G League showcase. Those last couple of Sixers yeah. games in Atlanta and in Brooklyn, I mean, that was, I, I yeah. can't say enough about how important those actually were when it came to team chemistry because I'm, again, of the mind that that stuff matters. These guys are having so much fun playing with each other, and they loved watching their G League guys get a chance to show out at the NBA level. Um, but to get back to your question, I think for the Nets, it starts at the top. Like Jock Vaughn, uh, rightfully so, Mike Brown out in Sacramento got the NBA Coach of the Year award from some right. entity recently. Um, but mm-hmm. I think the job that Jock has done with everything, starting in the off season, Doc has talked about it a couple of days this week because he spoke after every practice, and some reporters hadn't been there the day before, so he was asked about Jock a couple of times, mm-hmm. and sure. he said, it started in the off season. Don't you remember? Durant wanted to be traded, and then, no, no, he's sticking around, and then are we trading Kyrie? Oh, no, we're not. So he had to deal with so much not basketball stuff. 
Now that finally all gets cleared away at the at the trade deadline, and now he has guys who actually want to hoop, and they went twelve and fifteen since uh, all all the baggage I'll say got cleared away, and they just got to focus on basketball. Um, and they, you know they're not a team to sleep on. Uh, they they rallied from twenty plus down to beat the Boston Celtics. They went to Denver and at altitude knocked off Jokic in the Nuggets. So. Um, they may not have as much top-to-bottom talent as the Sixers, but they've got a great coach. We know, all of us who have followed Philly basketball for a long time, Mikel Bridges, who was one of the guys in Phoenix but now gets to be the guy since he's in Brooklyn, seems to be loving it. And they just have a bunch of guys who want to play hard, have bought into the whole idea of team because none of them is a superstar. And obviously they have absolutely no pressure on them whatsoever. Uh, they had to succeed largely because of KD and Kyrie and, and the team that was there early in the season. But how great for them. They got a week off to prepare for the Sixers, didn't have to be a part of the play-in tournament this week, and now they just get to go for it with absolutely nobody expecting them to do anything. Um, but I, I think it all comes back to Jock Vaughn, a great coach, who hopefully will get a chance to be in Brooklyn for a long time because I think he's earned it. I feel like he's, he got the most out of Nick Claxton uh, yeah. this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a former second-round pick. And Kate, is he the kind of guy that can at least make maybe something more difficult for Embiid, even though you and I both know nothing looks like it's <laughs> difficult for Embiid? <laughs> Yeah, I think the only guy who can maybe do that is Brooke Lopez in Milwaukee just because of what an absolute physical force he is. Yes. But, yeah, I mean, Claxton, Claxton showed that um, when we saw them in February in Brooklyn. He, as you mentioned, he's having a career year when it comes to points and rebounds and field goal percentage and blocks, and he's up in the top five in dunks in the NBA. He's a, he's a dude who's really found his spot, and I think, as you mentioned, in large part, due to Jock just saying, hey, man, go play your game, and we will figure it out around you. Um, he's got a great positive energy and spirit. I actually enjoyed watching him cheer on his young teammates when we were in Brooklyn last Sunday. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first guys off the bench when their guys were doing great things. So I think he's loving the fact that, again, the cloud has lifted when it comes to all the non-basketball stuff that Brooklyn had to deal with the last couple of years. And he's showing that He's a really good basketball player who's still really young. He's only 23 years old, and he's not nearly as strong as Joel, um, but he loves the chatter. He loves the competition. Back, I think, in our January game here, he and MB got double technicals because they were jawing at each other. So he is definitely <laughs> – he and the rest of these Nets, they are not afraid. They understand and respect the talent that the Sixers have. They know that they are outmatched talent-wise, but uh, they're not going to give an inch. And, and yeah, I think that's going to be – um, you know, you don't want to look ahead to the second round, but if the Sixers do make it and if the Celtics do make it, that would be round two. And, uh, you know, the Celtics don't have a physical force who's able to match up with Joel either, but they have lots of scrappy dudes who are going to go toe-to-toe with them. So I think Claxton could be a great preview for Joel. Well, Philadelphia has a broadcast gem, and that's you. So thanks so much. Appreciate it. And uh, enjoy the playoffs. I know you're going to give the fans some great work. That's that's the hope, Steve. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks for having me on. Go Sixers. All right. Kate Scott joining us on the show. Rich Scarcella next half hour. You're not going to play that song again, right? Or... So I did some research on the song. 
I understand it took 30 minutes to write it, and 29 of which was trying to find the paper and pencil. <laughs> okay, we'll come back in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Back here on the Steve Jones Show. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve is there in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, great selection of new and pre-owned inventory. Great service department that is there for you with the diagnostics, the inspections, all the routine maintenance for your vehicle Looking for more of those awesome technicians right now. Whether you got some experience or you're looking for your first job, looking for a career change, they'd love to hear from you. Stop by in person. Apply online at sunburymotors.com or you can call Todd at 286-7746. And, of course, you have a great sales staff that is simply there to save you money. It's all part of the all-important Sunbury Motors guarantee. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. And, of course, every Friday show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, micro-brews, best selection of beer anywhere, water, wine coolers, soft drinks, snacks. They roast the peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the mm-hmm. dills, indeed second to none. We're just hoping that uh, it calms you down. Always will, especially those six great flavors of slushies on an unusually hot day for mid-April. Yeah, but usually hot under the collar just when it's like eight below zero. Right, oh, so my almighty! Let's bring in Rich Scarcella, Redding Eagle, my good friend. Welcome back. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm well, thank you. All right, so uh, tomorrow... Uh, what's on your checklist to watch? Well, there's a lot. Um, well, first and foremost is the quarterback position, of uh, of course, just like everybody else. Yeah. Just interested to watch, not necessarily evaluate, but to watch uh, Drew Aller and Bo Prabula and see, um, you know, where they're at. I mean, it'll be our not. It'll be for the people who cover the team, the beat writers. It'll be our first extended, truly extended opportunity to see both of them, and that's what I'm looking forward to uh, the most tomorrow. Okay, um, so what do you know to this point, just based on interviews and discussions, that at least gives you a basis to start? 
Well, I mean, what we saw, we saw a little bit of Drew last year, of course. Uh, not really have, didn't see Bo. He didn't, he didn't really um, get an opportunity to play. I saw Bo play in high school. He played here uh, for Central York against Exeter. Uh, was impressed with him. So I sort of know, based on what that and, and what we've been hearing, especially this spring, um, that he's a, a very uh, determined young man, but also a very mobile young man who uh, can run the football as, and is underrated as a passer. Uh, we know with Drew Aller, um, he has all the physical tools. Um, he is clearly the leader, if, if in fact he, that hasn't already been decided that he's going to be the quarterback. Um, and I think it's imp- – I want to make this clear, Steve, because I don't think – um, it has been made clear by 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 many people uh, they have to get both quarterbacks ready um, yes. because the position right now is thin um, with just three scholarship quarterbacks, including Jackson Smolik. So I, I think it's imperative that Bo Prabula is as prepared as he can be in case something happens to Jarrower. Uh, interesting. Uh... And there's no question you're right. And in today's game, and Jack Ham and I talk about this all the time, you really need to have two quarterbacks all the time because of the physicality and the hits that are taken at that position. Even if as well protected as you can be, there's going to be a couple times during the course of any game, even with a great offensive line, you're going to get tagged. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, for as big and strong as Drew Aller is at 6'5", 240-plus pounds, um, you know, what's to say, like, he, he doesn't get hit one time hard and, you know, struggles to get up and has to come off the field for a play or two, whatever. I mean, it's it's really important that, that Bo Prabula be prepared to come in, uh, in in what could be a real critical juncture of a, of a very big game. Um, I think the Penn, it sounds to me like the Penn State coaches have a lot of faith and confidence in both of them. Um, we know that Aller was rated one of the top two high school quarterbacks in the country coming out of Ohio, um, but I, but I think they, they they do believe in both of them, and like I said, they're they're going to have to be both of them are going to have to be ready no matter what going into the fall. Trey Wallace and Keandre Lambert Smith, just based on what James has told the media, have been the two receivers that have stepped up. What will you be looking for to see who has the chance to maybe be a third and a fourth? Well, I mean, there's a bunch of guys, really, and I I couldn't tell you, you know, cause, because we're not at practice for extended periods of time, who's looked really good in spring practice. But it sounds, what James said Tuesday night, that you could put Omari Evans on. I, don't, not, I hope I don't miss anybody here. Malik Mega, um Gosh, Caden Saunders, I could go on and on. There's six or seven guys. Malik McClain. Malik McClain, you know, and they they can be all put in one basket right now, and nobody has emerged um, to be the third or the fourth guy. Now, we know that Dante Cephas is coming in from Kent State um, in in, in May, late May, and, um, you know, he, of course, is expected to make an impact, and I would assume would be the third receiver with Lambert Smith, and Wallace, uh, but 
you know, some of those younger guys really, you know, they're going to see time if they improve, put themselves in position as the fourth or fifth wide receiver. So, yeah, I'll be looking looking to that on uh, tomorrow too. But I'm looking. I'm, I'm actually. I want to see what what Trey Wallace can do too. He he obviously had a big Rose Bowl game, made two catches, very important catches that set up touchdowns for Penn State. And you know, I'd like to see more of him. I'm not saying he's he has to prove himself or anything like that, but I would like to see more of him. And I would also like to see if one of those younger guys, one of those guys in that one big pot, one of them emerges and maybe the, maybe does himself a big uh, makes makes a big leap tomorrow. Uh, defensively, anybody catch you know that you're anxious to see catches your eye? Well, let me let me just preface by saying I remember two years ago, Kalen King um, yeah. made a quick impression in his you know. So I I, I I I'm looking to see Storm Duck. I mean, he's a transfer from North Carolina, yeah. as you know. Uh, like this, you know, he's obviously uh, a proven talent. But I like to see what he can do. Um, the the other guy I'd like to see we're going to see more of him apparently based on what James has said. Uh, is Zane Duran a defensive tackle? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he has a, a tremendous upside, and um, James last week went on and on about how uh, how terrific a spring he's had. So that's another guy I'll be watching on the. I know it's not not a lot of fans will be watching that on the interior line, but I will. And the other guy, of course, there's a buzz about is is the uh, linebacker Tony Rojas from Virginia. Mm-hmm. Who is yep. just enrolled? I mean, there seems to be a lot of talk about him, and it's amazing that he's put on almost thirty pounds since enrolling at Penn State in, in January. And um, you know, Penn State won a recruiting battle with Georgia of all teams uh, to get him. So obviously, he's very talented. And uh, you know, James also mentioned him in the last week or two. What do you think on this particular day is more intriguing, the, the scrimmage itself or the transfer portal opening on Sunday and running through the 30th? <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't want to, you know, I, you and I have been around a long time. Uh, yep. I will say this. <laughs> the blue-white game is not one of my favorite days on the beat. It's it, it's interesting. I mean, there, there, there are some – Blue-white game is more interesting than others, and I'm hoping I'm wrong, and I hope tomorrow is one of them. But I think it's going to be fascinating to watch uh, the activity in the portal um, over the next 48 to 72 hours. Yeah, I mean, you could see guys uh, playing tomorrow in the blue-white game and then entering their name in the portal Sunday or Monday. I mean, that's very possible, and it's interesting to see. And that goes not just to Penn State. That's everywhere. Everywhere. you know that that's going to happen. Um, it's the way it is right now. People don't like it. Uh, casual fans don't like to talk about name, image, and likeness. They don't like to talk about the transfer portal. But these are the realities. These are the times that we live in, unfortunately, and um, they're part of the game now. And you better be on your p's and q's when it comes to nil and the transfer portal. All right, so what happens with Aaron Rodgers? I knew you were going to ask me that. Oh, I mean, he's going to be <laughs> traded. I mean, there's no yeah. doubt about that. Um, it's what, what are the terms of the deal? What, 
and that's what's being discussed to this moment. Uh, I don't know if the Packers are demanding a first-round pick this year or next year, um, but it'll be interesting to see when this deal is made uh, what the terms of it are. You know, it's funny listening to all the talk about who has the upper hand in this, the Jets or the Packers. And honestly, you know, neither really has an upper hand or or a lower hand, for that matter, until, you know, OTAs begin. And, and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't think anything is going to happen. Um, I think something will happen before the draft because they obviously they have to know that. And they're, they're, they're going to have to complete a deal before that. And the draft begins in less than two weeks. Do you have any idea how good Jordan Love is? No. Not really. Yeah, I mean, he's improved, exactly. and, and everything you read, the yeah. Packers feel um, the way he came, the, the way he played against the Eagles, which, okay, it has impressed them. We'll see. Uh, I just have a feeling they just got tired of the whole yeah, drama. The soap they just got tired the of the drama, opera. and that, yep. that's why yep. they just decided, look, you know, we need an answer here. And I, I, it's hard to blame them. No, it, it is hard to blame. There's no no question about it. Just a question of what kind of return they get, yeah. and whether it helps helps them down the road. But I mean, after a while, there's only there's only so many dances you can have with with the drama person. And I think uh, last season was the last dance. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, and 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 and, I, and as much as I've enjoyed watching him play for the last seventeen, eighteen years, whatever yeah. it's been, or actually, you know, fifteen, sixteen years as a starter, um, it's time, and um, it's unfortunate, but it's also one of the reasons why Devontae Adams signed with the Las Vegas Raiders last year because he didn't know what Aaron Rodgers was going to do, yeah, and he 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 took less money. To go to the Raiders than he did with the Packers because he just he, he was tired of it too. I mean he won't say that publicly, but it was pretty obvious. So we'll see. We'll see, Steve. We got a lot of basketball news too, right? Up your way. Yeah, and there'll be this will be another big transfer uh-huh. recruiting weekend. So I think I have four guys. Two of them have already committed, but all four of them are going to be here together this weekend. And uh, Mike is hoping it. Uh, this is part of the foundation of what he wants to build here. So, yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 on a personal note, uh, I'm from Hazleton, which is about a stone's throw away from yep. Illinois City. Yep. And uh, I, Mike and I have never met, but I've, I've obviously followed his career. And I used to back before Mike played in the early '80s. I covered football and basketball in Illinois area, and. Um, uh, I, I really hope he does well for, you know, at being somebody from the coal region uh, like him. I hope he does well. You'll like him. He's got the work ethic of somebody from the coal region, so that makes a big difference. Nice to hear. My friend, uh, appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Same here, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Rich Scarcella, Reading Eagle, on the show today. Um Your your guy is two for his last fourteen at the plate, and that game wasn't even competitive last night. Yeah, that was bad. That was very bad last night. But you know what? Um, Brita 
had been kind of pitching over his head, and I was waiting to see when things would come crashing down from him, and it just happened to be last night. So, plus they plus they face Joe Ryan, who doesn't need Spider Tech to be good. We'll come back with more in a moment here on uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK. No, señor! No, señor! No, señor! <laughs> Don't like uh, America Wonders. <laughs> well, wishing that the Mavericks would get more, but I get, but I get now why, thanks to your research there. But hopefully, this is the beginning of the NBA clamping down and putting the hammer down on teams trying to pull stuff like the Mavs did at the at the end of the season. So that was one thing. But then your guy, Tristan Casas against Tampa yesterday. I don't know if you saw this at all. Up and in, and he walked in. And he flips the bat. He earned that. 14-pitch walk for Tristan Casas. Was that necessary? Again, I have this conversation a lot. Know your place when you do stuff like that. First of all, it's just a 1-1 game in like the fifth inning. If you walk in the game-winning run, okay, that's different. Second of all, your team is pathetically bad. And then third of all, to the color announcer on Nesson for just obnoxiously laughing at that, who does he think he is? It's the middle of the game. Totally unnecessary on the player, on Casas' part. And then for the announcer laughing at it, I mean, Really? That's one thing you say, oh, okay, he did that. All right, that's cool. I thought something to laugh at. I mean, are you serious? What is this? This is baseball. This isn't a clown show. I would have laughed at it. It's a 14-pitch at-bat. You know, once you get to, like, seven or eight pitches, it then starts like, okay. And then you get the double digits, and it starts to get, like, like a little epic here. Right? And then, you know, you get the 14 pitches, and you get a... Uh, you get a walk out of it. Now he doesn't have to scream like that. But as the announcer, yeah, you laugh at it because like it's fourteen pitches, like a long. I mean, I've done enough baseball where you get to ten, it feels like whoa, it's like an epic at bat. You get to fourteen, you're like okay, he kind of that was a professional walk. Ah, right, maybe it's just me. But most of the time, it usually is. All right, so um. <laughs> See who you got going tonight, Mister mm, Cortez, against a guy that's never pitched before. Okay, get the stashes ready. Um, don't you guys have a hair policy? Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Eleven to two, very impressive. And who is the leading hitter for the Twins? Do you know anything about the opponents? Ever? <laughs> Sometimes I do. 342. Old friend, Donovan Solano. You know where he played, where he began his professional baseball career at the age of 17? 
Let's stay college stay. spikes. I was about to say, probably stay the, college. There you the, go. On the original spikes team in 2006. Oh, okay. He's still playing Major League Baseball. Cool. No, I, it, it, it's remarkable. Well, I can appreciate that. No, I give him. You know what? He's he came up and he could play multiple positions. Now he primarily played a lot of second base with the spikes, but he played multiple positions in his career. Alright. He finally got his way into the majors in twenty twelve with the Marlins. Actually played briefly with your team, the Yankees, and then he made some quote like, I gotta get out of this cesspool. I don't know what that meant. And uh But you know what? Here's a guy that like has a career. He's thirty five years old now. But when he came to the spikes he played the entire 2006 season. Right? And, again, I give him all the credit in the world. He's a you know, great guy out of Columbia. And he leads the Twins in hitting at 342. Good for him. He's got a, I mean, his batting average is 44 points higher than Aaron Judge. 